You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. has become a, a wonderful place for me to spend time, and I appreciate um, your hospitality, and, grat- and I am in uh, much in your debt. Um, being able to speak and interact with you is a, um, is a blessing to me. And I'm not... And I'm sure you don't have too many opportunities to be preached to by an art critic or an art historian or, as Zach says, a hustler. So I'll let you decide which one is which. And I do hope, um, please return the leaflets so that the church can recycle them, but I would encourage you to take the, the page with the two images home with you and perhaps use them as as Lenten devotional icons, a way for you to, um, to reflect on what we've talked about, what I've shared with you over these last couple days. And so today's uh, reflections, I hesitate to call it a sermon, um, today's, uh, today's reflections are called Seeing is Not Believing, Part 2, Thomas's Doubt and Ours. I'm an art critic and curator who lives and dies by the visual, what is seen. And yet, with these talks, I'm stressing a particular Lenten insight that seeing is not believing. Yesterday, I spoke about the events leading up to Easter and the glories of Christ's resurrection with the raising of Lazarus and Jesus' entry into Jerusalem with that wonderful painting by Giotto. Today I'd like to focus on an event that takes place after Easter Sunday, an event that the church commemorates on the Monday after Easter, an event that includes Thomas, the doubting disciple, the disciple who will not believe unless he is able to see with his own two eyes. The resurrection of Christ holds a distinguished place in the history of art. Painters like Matthias Grunewald and Piero della Francesca offer visual evidence in paint of Jesus' triumphal and magnificent resurrection, a resurrection on which Paul says that our hope depends. All painters in the Western tradition depict the event in similar ways. It is depicted as a spectacular visual spectacle, a representation, I must admit, I find problematic and unconvincing, and more than a little cheesy. I identify with Jesus on the cross largely because the artists who paint the crucifixion identify with it, dying a humiliating death, displaying human weakness and frailty. As a suffering, sinful human being, to paint the crucifixion is in some ways to identify with Christ's suffering. But his resurrection is another matter glowing and floating Jesuses. This is a Jesus for whom neither the viewer nor the artist can identify. Moreover, these fantastical representations are also unfaithful to the biblical narrative. I would love to see an artist depict Jesus' resurrection in a biblical manner. That is, as a gardener whom no one recognizes. As an ordinary person that slips away. Whether it's the, woman at the, the women at the tomb or the disciples on the road 
to Emmaus, no one recognizes him. And they are the believers. But how can a painter represent what is unrecognizably recognizable and so ordinary? Something so deceptively present, overlooked, and misrecognized. Thomas's doubt is legendary. Just as we too quickly condemn the fickle nature of Jesus' followers who abandoned him on Good Friday after celebrating him on Palm Sunday, we look down on Thomas' demand that he won't believe until he not only sees Jesus himself, but puts his fingers into his wounds. What audacity, right? <laughs> Jesus himself seems to criticize Thomas's so-called weak faith, which needs visual evidence. Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is from John 20, 27. Which, of course, means in our minds, blessed are we, you and I, who can't put our finger in his wounds because we see for ourselves, we don't see, yet we believe. Thomas's weakness, his doubt, only highlights our strength, our faith. So isn't Jesus just celebrating our faith? But is that what really it's all about? I think Caravaggio, who painted this very dramatic and powerful painting, The Incredulity of St. Thomas, painted it between 1600 and 1601, I think Caravaggio offers something else, offers a different perspective and deeper insights into the significance of this event. Caravaggio's painting focuses on the dramatic moment in which Thomas actually places his finger into the open wound of Jesus' side, the wound from which the gospel tells us that water and blood flow, the very stuff of the sacraments of Eucharist and baptism, the very stuff of Christ's presence for us. Caravaggio strips the composition of the painting down to just four figures, Jesus, Thomas, and two others. Those disciples are clearly from the lower classes with their dirty faces, disheveled hair, ripped and torn garments. Caravaggio has also eliminated any background with his dramatic use of light and dark, shining light even more brightly on the central feature of the event, Jesus' hand that takes Thomas's and thrusts his finger into his side. A question arises, why does Caravaggio paint this event? Is Caravaggio commemorating, commending Thomas's doubt and skepticism, which Jesus seems to rebuke? Or is Caravaggio depicting a gotcha moment by Jesus? See, told you so. I think Caravaggio is doing something else, serving as a commentary in paint, a commentary on Jesus and a commentary on Thomas, who in this case represents you and me, the skeptical, unbelieving part of us that screams out for proof, for something more, anything more, 
even making extraordinary and presumptuous demands. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that's how we approach God. I am struck by the fact that the most dramatic feature in the composition isn't Thomas's finger, Jesus's face, or even Jesus's wound. It's Jesus's hand that forcefully grabs Thomas's hand and thrusts it into his side. And I think this is important. Jesus isn't merely just allowing Thomas to inspect him. He's taking his hand. He's inviting it. And therein is the mysterious truth to which Caravaggio's painting bears witness. Jesus says, blessed are those who don't see and believe. But Jesus, Jesus condescends, willfully condescends, to Thomas's demand and invites it. And I would suggest that Jesus does the same for you and for me. We cry out for proof, but we're ashamed to even utter it in the form of a prayer. And yet there is Jesus thrusting our skeptical finger into his wounds, whether it's in the Eucharist or a few sentences of a sermon or in a sunrise, a hug from our children, a look from our spouse, or even a painting, poem, or song lyric. There is Jesus, telling us he is there, here, for us, giving us what we demand. And so while seeing is most definitely not believing, God uses all of our senses, including our sight, to reveal his love for us. Now what I think is important to understand and keep in mind during the Lenten season is that God is present not in the powerful, the wealthy, and the attractive, but in the lowly, ugly, overlooked, and scorned. The visual arts ask us not just to look, but also to look closely and even to look differently. What the visual arts ultimately emphasize is that the world is more than what we see at any one time. And that while seeing is most definitely not believing, it can help us to see with the eyes of faith. A way of seeing in a grace-filled manner that sees and recognizes God's presence in the overlooked, the humble, the marginalized, and the overlooked gesture. Such as Jesus' blessing in, in Giotto's painting, or Jesus' hand in Caravaggio's picture. Perhaps what painting ultimately does is to give us hope that seeing will one day be believing. That is, to follow Paul, what we see only in part and through a glass darkly, we will see all, see him as he truly is. I think Caravaggio's painting is an allegory for Lent. It is Jesus taking our hand and thrusting it in his side. Lent isn't for the spiritual superheroes, the ascetics, and the masochists. It's for us skeptical doubters, defeated and tired. Instead of giving up this or that for Lent or trying to do more, let Jesus take your hand. And now, 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.